All right, welcome back. Hope you're doing fantastic. A new kind of thing I want to try. I like to experiment with the podcast. So try a new thing where the podcast is basically about the Instagram account. And so I like to talk to people I've met on there. And a lot of times it's people who are artists or somebody's got a book or something that I like. But what I want to try to do going forward is talk to people who've been following this account for a while who are hardcore floaters. And specifically this first guest tonight uh, is someone who has a float tank. I don't know if they still have it in their house, but I know for a long time they did. They had their own float tent. So I want to talk to CJ and he's my friend on Instagram about home floating and maybe a few other topics tonight that we have in common, common interests. So welcome CJ. How are you tonight? I'm doing well float. Um, honor, it's a pleasure to, uh, wow, be part of this new venture of uh, podcast guests who are, you know, just straight up into the floating. So, and I've been following you for, man, I want to say 2015, 14-ish. Um, so I just really appreciate uh, what you do in the digital universe and uh, all the people that you inspire with your memes and your just the comedy, the wisdom, and yeah, it's Thank been a you. pleasure to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I guess my first question is, what what did you how did you start floating when where did you float first why did you start to float start floating and then how did that ultimately you know tell me your float story from first float to deciding i'm going to take this into my house yeah well yeah okay let's see Uh, well the first time i've ever floated was actually in my zen float tent oh wow Uh, yeah so that was 2014 so you didn't um, go to a float center first? To just, to, not at all. Um, but I just, I felt, so I first heard about floating through Joe Rogan <laughs> around 2009. And I just thought the concept was like something hit my soul. I was like, whoa, that sounds amazing. Um, and then I think I, I Googled some float tanks and I saw like the price. It was like $30,000. And I was like, oh, um, but for some reason, I was not like excited to go try it yet. For some reason, I was just like, "Oh, that's really cool!" Like, you know. And I googled it. Um, so yeah, that was that. And then I guess for like for four years, I kind of the idea kind of just slipped through, and um, I didn't really think much of it. And then around 2014, uh, Zen Float. I don't know how it came to my field, but um, you know, they were marketing at Kickstarter for a floating at home, uh, like very affordable uh, device tent. And when I saw it and I just, I was just like, oh my God, like I just need to have this. Um, so I think it took like six months um, from making the decision. And uh, ironically enough, it came on my birthday, like on November 10th. Uh, I, I think it came like two days before, but like the setup uh, to heat the water up to the temperature. Um, yeah, it was just a cool synchronicity that it came. <laughs> my first float was on my birthday. Wow. 2000, 2014. Wonderful first float story. I was expecting 
quite something different. You'd gone to a float center and you were so inspired. And then, yeah, you looked at the prices. How much did you end up paying for the, the initial setup for the salt and the tent and all that? Oh, I think it was two grand flat. Wow. So you were really, were you one of the uh, Kickstarter uh, funders or whatever? Yeah, I think I was part of the first, the first ever deliveries. Right. So you got uh, the product, basically like the first run and uh, you were an actual investor. You didn't come into the product after the fact it was already being manufactured uh, because I know now that like in maybe, maybe the third or fourth iteration and it's a lot different than it was initially. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I was, I want to try their latest one. It's like a inflatable one. Um, supposedly it has better like sound deadening. Um, and it's made of that kind of like PVC hard material that they make stand, stand up paddle boards from. Yeah. Do you still do you so you still have your tank then? Uh I definitely do have it. So you've had it now <laughs> how long? How many years? Uh November 2014. So Wow. You've been, you, you've been floating as long as I've been floating. Yeah. Did you start in 2014? Right around that time, yeah. I think maybe February, so a little bit just a little bit longer than you, but yeah, I mean, but uh, once you get the home tank though, it's like you can float anytime you want. Yeah. So what, what's that like? Where do you, where did you put the float tank or float tent in your house? Um, well, we have a two car garage here and a single car garage separate. Um, so yeah, it's in the third one that's on its own. Because I know a lot, you know, some of the issues people may not understand we, we do uh, owning float tanks, but uh, there, there's maintenance. They can't be shut off the salt will crystallize if the water temperature gets too cold yeah. uh, at a commercial level you're always putting salt in the tank but even at a home mm -hmm. level depending i guess how much you're floating right you're going to be also do just the evaporation right you see the water go down every day uh just by it running so it's a it's a constant thing and so i have a lot of people who will come in and say oh i want to do this i want to do it at home and i'll say well you can do one of these tanks here it'll cost you 15 to 50 grand or you can look you can go to the tent or they have inflatable ones now too some of these other ones and you can go yeah. that route if, you know, I mean, the Zen tent you've got now, you know, you paid a thousand for, but I think the one they're selling now is like three. Um, yeah. Around that price. But so you have it in your garage. So yeah, a lot of the things I tell people why you wouldn't come to a float center is you don't have to deal with the maintenance and you don't have to deal with the stuff always breaking. How, how many times has the motor or pump or anything, has anything failed on it? Yeah. Well, you know what? The first year, I would say, I mean, I love the experience, but there had been some hiccups. Um, let's see. I think probably within like six, three to six months, uh, the controller went bad. So like it just start the whole controller, temperature controller just stopped working. Um, so I had to get a new one and then I couldn't float for about a week um what kind of setup does that have in terms of the heaters on the bottom do you use like the waterbed heaters with the, the like the black ones that kind of know, i'm not exactly sure of the technology but it's a mat so it's just um, one is it one single one um yeah it's like it's i think it's two it's two separate because um i plug it in two cords into the wall um but it's about the size of a twin size bed um Right. Okay. Uh, you might be running the same kind of setup I run on my Oasis tank, which is I run two water bedded heaters uh, right underneath. And then I have a third one installed as a backup in case one of them goes out. 
but um how hard is it to keep it uh i mean i the thing is it's a thousand pounds of salt with the water how much does that weigh do you i, I guess you have it on your garage because i guess some people don't want to well yeah i think it was like three thousand pounds or something like that yeah I it, I mean, it's heavy you don't want to put it in a in a second or third story building if you don't have it reinforced correctly i've heard i've read that before they can, yeah i i think that's what i've heard you have to make sure your uh, second floor can handle it so how does it feel? Um, what's your routine now that you have a float tank for six years in your house? What, what's been your routine? A lot of people would love to know, um, is, there, is, it, is it better to float at night? Is it better to float in the morning? I, I think there's benefits both ways, but I'm interested to hear yeah. your, your take because not too many people are on my level of having <laughs> access to it um, at their leisure. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I really feel like it, it's it's to each their own. I think um, there are pros and cons. I think the, the first three years of ownership, most of my floats were like 10 p.m., like 9 p.m. Uh, because I had like a morning part-time job. Um, so, you know, evening floats was pretty much all I had unless I had a, like a day off. Um, but I, like nowadays, um, it's just part of my morning routine. Um, I feel like it's such a blessing to, like, it's super rare to, to either live or own a float tent. And, you know, not to have to worry about traveling or scheduling an appointment. Um, I really feel like it's a different game in terms of um, floating. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like to, you know, wake up. Um, I know it's not it's not ideal, but I do check my phone and I check the news in the morning. Um, but I kind of get that out of my system. Uh, foam roll on the floor and do a little bit of like breath work. And I have like a playlist of music that I I like to listen to um, when I I call it like getting to my ceremonial space. Um, because I feel like a huge part of the float experience is what I'm intending. Um, a lot of, depending on what's going on in my life. And uh, so I just kind of like to pretty much treat it as uh, very similar to like a psychedelic, uh, in a way, like setting, <laughs> setting the tone, you know, getting so into you, my so, heart space. So every morning you're, you get into that intent and put that intent and get in the tank with that intent and mm -hmm. that's your usual routine. Now, how long is your morning float? An hour, 20 minutes and two hours? How long are you doing? I mean, if you were to average, maybe I wish I keep, I kept track this whole time, but um, I'm probably close to a thousand floats um, in five years. And I would say my average would probably be in like an hour, 15 minutes. Um, oh, your, your average is longer than mine. Mine's probably about 35, 40 minutes. Uh, but I have this year, especially, um, been experimenting with like 40 minute ones. Um, I've experimented with, like a 20 minute one and I call it like microdosing a float, seeing if I could get, if I could drop in really quick, um, and get to that state like really quick and get the most out of 20 minutes, <laughs> especially if I have something to do, like that's sometimes a fun game to play. Um, but I've, I've also found 40 minutes can be really good, um, depending on like my needs and, you know, obviously the longer ones are, are more rare, like 
two hours are over. Um, but I mean, it really depends. I, I like to not have a time limit um, because that to me. That, that, that's usually my issue. Is, yeah, that's usually my issue is I have a time limit. Okay, go ahead. That's usually my issue is I have a time limit. But yeah, I mean, this morning I had a float. Um, it was an, I looked at the clock, it was an hour, like perfectly an hour long. Um, do you usually do a silent float or do you have music or meditation or? 99% of the time it's been silent. I remember when I first got it, I got like a waterproof MP3 player, waterproof headphones, and I would play like, you know, binaural beats, 528 solfeggio tones and a lot of like hippie kind of uh, <laughs> vibrational tracks. Um, and it was cool for a while, but you know, I think the MP3 player broke and. Uh, and see, that's the thing. I forget that the home tanks don't have the speaker systems like the, you know, yeah. the, the bigger ones usually do. Yeah. That's a different yeah. experience having the, you know, living in a float center versus having it at home. Now for me, obviously it's, a full-time job and the maintenance is incredible versus, you know, home use, but still the thing about the home use is I mean, you, you, it's like a pet or something. You have to babysit it. You cannot just for, for, forget it for a week. You, I think if you forget your float tank for a week, you're in trouble when you come back. So what would you, what, what are the, probably the worst things about owning a float tank? Hmm. <laughs> I think when you say that, just some lessons of ownership come to mind. Um, maybe it's just part of my personal journey of like learning to, to become a better person and, and take care of my stuff. <laughs> uh, but there was a point, um, I'm just not very good at maintaining my, my, like my car, my teeth. Um, <laughs> but, um, let's see. Um, so do you, is the filter, how's the, cause I know, I know at, again, running a commercial is a lot different than running it at home. And so commercially mm -hmm. I'm, I'm cleaning the filters sometimes and pulling them out two or three times a week, depending on how busy we are. Mm -hmm. Now that probably, you know, especially if you're really clean going in and out and you don't make any messes, you're probably cleaning right. maybe once a month, you know, depending on how many times you're floating versus 10, 15 people floating in the tank a day. True. Yeah. I mean, I, I take a day of maintenance. Um, I'll refill the water line probably an inch, inch and a half. Um, I'll go put like 12, 12 to 16 pounds of salt in, and I'll like, I'll spray some hydrogen peroxide on, on the walls and wipe it down with like a microfiber cloth. And I have a pool skimmer um, just to skim the water. Like, like I shed a lot of hair. <laughs> um, and that's the basic maintenance. Um, and I think, you know, since the past couple of years, I've been pretty good with that. Um, but I remember probably my first year, um, I was just, I didn't use a pool skimmer. Um, I didn't put in like hydrogen peroxide uh, intermittently. And um, I would just kind of let it go. Um, and I remember, and I would just tolerate sometimes <laughs> um, seeing just kind of like this tan colored gunk yeah the, i call it biomaterial okay so there's a word for it well that's that's my word for it because it's like it's this amalgam of your of people's hair and like dead you know skin right bit and dead skin and whatever else comes out of their orifices god god forbid that <laughs> I, I never see really so i've never seen a, a baby ruth floating in the float tank thank thank god but you know but i, I know what you mean by that 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 stuff that does it, it, the thing is 
here's the giveaway with a commercial float center a lot of times if they have a ring around the tank that means the filter needs to be cleaned because oh, yeah. the biomaterials reached a point where it's like coagulating against the walls and building up and so usually that's when i tell it's like oh shit i forgot to clean the filter the other day and here's the byproduct of that so so i guess I, so what's the worst part i guess for you then there really isn't that many worst parts of owning a zen tent um but i guess you know so i in the garage and where i live in san diego it's like east county um it's closer to the mountains so it'll get colder in the winter yeah oh yeah um so there was a point last year uh where when my temps go when the ambient temperature outside the garage is under 50 uh, my t my heaters will struggle and yeah you know, I, exactly. I remember <laughs> for two months like it was just at 89 89 88 and um you know i realized maybe 92 is the coldest i could go yeah or, dude i'm telling you one degree and you can tell i mean 89 is undoable for for almost anybody uh, anybody yeah. except for like somebody wants to start going to the wim hof stuff even though it's not cold that's not you can't float in that it's not comfortable it's not uh, your skin can't get there yeah uh, it's especially if you're used to just a normal float like you just have this sensation of a temperature in your <laughs> well see that's the you know in it, i can i can only imagine with a, a little bit uh it's because uh, the zen tent's a pr kind of like a prosumer it's not yeah. a pro, it's not it's a it's almost pro but it's obviously not and it's good for the consumer so prosumer like like the cameras we use, a lot of those high super high winds are prosumers, but um, you know even with a professional tank, I have an older tank versus a newer tank, and the newer tank with the the big heater on the bottom has no problem in the winter and it can hold the temperature anything I want anytime I want. Well, whereas the older one, like I said, with the two uh, waterbed heaters, it can in the winter times I can see the struggle versus the mm -hmm. summertime, just that, you know, 10, 15, 20 degrees in the ground temperature. It, yeah. it, it, anything that the ground, the float tank touches, it, it affects it, the, the heat and it also affects, you know, that's really the only sound you're hearing in the float tank is anything that's coming off the ground. Yeah, I didn't, I wouldn't have thought it'd get that, it would get that cold in Florida. But, um, well, I know I'm not saying it gets that cold where it makes it like what you're going through, but it's just oh. like, it, it's noticeable where, the, the difference in the winter time versus right. the i see this the, the heaters struggle we had two heaters uh almost one after the other until we figured out what the problem we were had them we had them two we had these heaters temperature things mounted too close to the wall and they get hot and uh because they were working all overtime in the winter time trying to maintain the temperature and we we pulled them they kept popping and breaking and like getting too hot and i said oh should we gotta just pull these things against them they were too close to the wall and so i guess they couldn't breathe uh in terms of like they were just getting too hot and they just kept exp you know, like just giving out on us so i don't know i think the worst of the florida winters are over it doesn't get too cold <laughs> here but you know 50 degrees on ground yeah. temperature can throw the tanks off and it's been noticeable and that's the other thing. So garage, I tell people, I'm like, if you put it in your house, it's a ton of salt. It's a ton of humidity. It's a ton of like, you don't want to have it in carpet. You don't want to have it next yeah. to anything electronic or expensive that, you know, humidity or salt could get in and destroy because it's in the air. Now, I guess in the garage, it's a lot easier mm -hmm. because, um, you know, it doesn't matter how much 
salts in the air and it doesn't really get in the house yeah and i just have like storage stuff in there like a bike and um but i wanted to mention too like i remember two months i was just like oh my god like you know i've gone that long without floating and i'm good like interestingly enough enough i feel like if i was forced to never float again i would definitely be heartbroken but in terms of you know the work i I do with consciousness and getting into specific states. I feel like I don't need it, need it. Um, but I, I remember. I, I agree. I ahead. agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at, at some point, see, I was thinking, man, like I want to float so bad. I might have to go like go to someone's spa. And I know most of the owners here in San Diego. I met them and like just go pay for a float. But like, <laughs> I just kind of laugh because like, there's a part of me like when you're so used to something quote unquote free for so long, like, even though I love it, like I don't want to pay like 40 bucks for <laughs> to float. <laughs> well, 40 bucks is cheap. Yeah. So. Your market is probably more like uh, 60, 70 bucks. Uh, yeah. I mean, in downtown San Diego, you can get deals um, like $40 for an hour. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. Uh, now I know, obviously me having access to it, I do psychedelics in the tanks all the time. I was wondering, you know, I know, I think at least we used to be a mutual thing we had in common was we were uh, marijuana consumers. Are you still a marijuana consumer? Yes, definitely. So would you, do you do edibles or do you, do you say you're more stoned than not in the tank? Uh, yeah, I would say um, it, <laughs> the spectrum uh, kind of shifts for me now, but I would say, yeah. More you, so than not. Do you prefer stone or sober floating? Uh, I prefer stoned. Um, but I mean, like, let's say this morning, um, I'll just tune in, um, like, when I'm setting my intention. Um, and I'm, if I'm good, um, then I just pass on it. Um, so it kind of really just depends on how I'm feeling. And it's not so much like part of like a ritual, like I'm going to float. Um, yeah. So I'll tell you though, uh, I, I'm uh, as, as much as it's cool to have a float center to do it in. It's I think it's awesome to do psychedelics in a float tank, and it'd be even awesome, more awesome to be at home and be like, okay, I'm just gonna go to bed now. And after I get out of the tank for six hours doing LSD, have you ever done mushrooms, LSD, anything like that? You'd like to talk about? Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what psilocybin? Uh, yes. And um, so to me, it's it, it was just soul blowing, mind blowing. Um, <laughs> I'd say that's probably the best combination out of the stuff I've done in the tank. I'd say mushroom uh, is the best one for people to be able to, yeah. you know, get in and get out, get the best experience out of it and not feel so bad afterwards. Uh, definitely. And in terms of like, um, well, LSD is the only other uh, compound I have experience with. And I had one experience uh, last year, um, and I only did a half a tab uh, because um, you know I'm still a little bit intimidated with the compound at the higher doses. So, and I'm usually just conservative, conservative in general when I'm kind of doing in it, something in a new context. Um, but <laughs> tell totally. you what, like I remember time. And I, I had a time limit because I was with my friend and I wanted him to do a float as well after me. <laughs> uh, so I, it was a time limit of an hour. 
and it felt like 15 minutes it was just like yeah it was pretty it was, it was awesome yeah so you recommend psilocybin in a float tank uh a hundred percent i feel <laughs> i feel like it's part of my life's work you know in a way um from the energetic standpoint of that it's one of my highest excitements of like when it's in my field of close friends who who know that i have a float tank and who know who know me and i probably planted the seed uh, at some point in the past. But um, I probably hosted maybe six or seven uh, really close friends. Um, with, with, who, with psilocybin or just floating? Yeah, in psilocybin. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, and I think half of them had never floated before and half of them had. And all of them who had done uh, mushrooms in the float tank have had experience or outside of the float tank. Um, so I was super curious, you know, as to their experience with it and <laughs> uh, none of them had ever come out. Um, they all come out like with their own, like separate story, uh, unique story. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, that's good that you're using that float tank, not only for yourself, but to give the experience of floating and psychedelics and floating, which is a really hard combo to give most people because you've seen it in the community it's not really talked about a lot because a lot of these float centers don't want to encourage that type of behavior to be brought through their doors which i understand but i i don't really court it but at the same time i don't shun it so it's nice to hear other people are i think doing it the right way which is with mushrooms and lsd too um and, and some other ones as well i mean mdma i don't know if you ever did have done mdma in the float tank but something like that that your, your, your body your body feels wow. like amazing without without being in a float tank but then right being in a float so you have done it then no um well i was gonna ask if you have oh no I, oh yeah definitely that's one of my highly recommended ones oh my goodness mdma in a float tank because it's a total body experience unlike anything you've ever felt okay you know i don't it, know it's like why. a hug it's like a hug for hours a giant uh cosmic oh. hug okay i'm I'm super excited. Um, I actually, <laughs> I won't say, uh, I was about to say something. You got some. Regre regretted. I may. Um, yeah, but for some reason, for some time. reason, I haven't <laughs> float. For some reason, I've never thought of that pairing uh, as something well, so, that would be. I'm so used to sitting still with it. So the thing is, I've never been, I've never had it offered to me in the context that most people have, which is a club loud yeah, music festival in vegas festival. that's I'm, the only time i've had it right well i'm so used to doing the float tank and testing out drugs in the float tank uh, even prior to owning the float center much much of the stuff prior to owning the float center and in uh, mdma was one of those surprising finds that it's like wow like this body high in this water floating mm. in zero gravity with the salt and the warmth and the oneness of the experience it's just like a giant cosmic hug and it was this an amazing and amazing experience but i'm so used to sitting with it and being able to be still on mdma and and even hold my tongue and my jaw a certain way where it's just relaxed so it's, it's very well, was that possible it was yeah. but it's it's it, it, it's 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 been an acquired uh thing of floating on mdma and being very still and watching the body ticks and it's just it's it's wow. it's really it's its own thing uh because it's the, the 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 real thing about like lsd is really mental mdma is really oh physical. yeah 
MDMA is really, really physical and people like to have sex on it. People like to dance. People, they feel amazing, right? So take that in the float tank, take away your body. And uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but for people that are yeah. listening, uh, that's an amazing combo and you don't even need to take a lot. That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the next thing I was going to ask, like what were these like the pure power like are we allowed to 100, <laughs> 125 <laughs> or below i wouldn't go more than that and i wouldn't def i used to be a big fan of the booster dose which would be like you'd go an, an hour or two in and then you take that a little bit of a bump of uh you know like maybe half the dose you took uh prior at the beginning and that just keeps you just like you know peaking and peaking and peaking because that's when you're peaking and then you're taking another dose and that, that starts to pile yeah. on and then there's another peak coming an hour and a half later. So, I mean, I'm not a big proponent of MDMA in general. Um, play safe with it. You're supposed to like wait three months every time you use it for the, the, right, right. the maximum effect. But a lot of people find that they feel so amazing and they, they feel like love they've never felt for, for so long or for the first time they can remember and they just become addicted to it. So. Well, and a yeah. lot of things, the, the other thing is you have to test it. And a lot of the stuff is mixed with, bad stuff and there's a lot of stuff that's mixed with meth and so you have a very methy heroin right. out, or, uh, mdma out there that's... i've had an experience like that like in vegas like 10 years ago and i had experience of like a pure powder form right so, I know so there's a big big difference well that's the thing yeah i've never had a pressed pill i've, I've only had supposedly oh nice the best of the best stuff now i'm gonna a, a sad little confession here as i've only had it tested like one time out of maybe the eight times i've done it but those other times it was like from a super trusted source but even then it's like i, I always preach you're supposed to test it and you know so test it but i didn't but i try super trusted the person because they're a pharmacist you know what i mean so it's like okay i mean if you can't trust a pharmacist and yeah. kind of screwed but long story short uh floating in mdma is two th two thumbs up uh, did you have time that like I'm think I'm thinking it would seem too fast, like was it? Because like the MDMA experience is about an hour, like most, right? And then it just kind of fades. Well, how long, are you, how long are you in there? Okay, so here's the interesting. I don't know if you've noticed this about floating, but I always tell people this effect of uh, well, I'm in there as long as I feel like I need to be in there. It's usually about an hour and a half, two hours. And here's the other thing about here's the other thing about MDMA. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you go out of the tank and you hit the weed. You go smoke a joint and you oh. get back and, and, and you're yeah. on, you're already on MDMA. Here's the problem though. If you want to stop when you're on MDMA and you hit the weed on accident, it's going to re it's going to spin it back up. So um, I, I always remember when I'm ready to stop with the MDMA in the night when, when I want it to be over mm -hmm. to get in the float tank and don't, don't smoke any more weed because the float tank I've noticed this with every single drug, every single drug in the float tank, it will um, like kind of reduce its power. It will kind of, like, for example, your adrenal gland, like you smoke weed all day long and your adrenal gland's blown out. You feel like shit like at two o'clock in the afternoon. You get in the tank. I don't know if this happens with you, but it happens with me. And I've, I could smoke again when I get out. I'm ready to go round two or I feel amazing. I don't feel beat down like I was, especially the longer I float, the more I feel like it restores that adrenal gland. So do you feel like that happens to you? Like it restores um, you? Just floating in, in general? Have you ever had that happen where you're like smoked all day long and you feel like shit and then you get in the tank and then it feels like it's like completely restored you when you get out? Um, I can relate to that. I mean, in general, when it's a good float, I just feel freaking amazing. Um, right. 
and it's you know but i'm talking like, about the uh, the effect of like have you ever noticed <laughs> like with mushrooms i've noticed that it will reduce the power of the mushrooms and it will also considerably reduce the trip in terms of like the strength and the duration and i feel like that's the same thing that's happening with the adrenal with the adrenal gland it's like okay it's um it's kind of in restoring the adrenal gland it's also like reducing the way the high is the way you're feeling the high somehow i don't know i can't explain it but that's what i'm that's what i've experienced many times Uh and the restorative effects and also the so take a super high dose and it won't be as intense in the tank it it seems like it takes my acid trips from 12 hours and it'll take up to like six or seven if i'm in the tank the whole time and i'll feel amazing when i get out whoa no, it really, uh, it really has a powerful effect. Have you done a six-hour um, LSD one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the and only. The, you just get you get out to go to the bathroom. I'm guessing. Well, I I get to the point where you get all that done before you get in, and you get wow. to such a mental space where there's, <laughs> there's no body that needs to pee. Right, the body's been left wow. long, long gone. Like, well, all you're right. you, well, you're in the like one example was. I was in the Illuminati cloning centers. Like I was like astral projecting in there with just like some, you know, like the astral body or, you know, another experience is like the last acid experience I had was I was just an awareness and like a, a, a goo, like there's no body or I was just like eyeballs and there was water in the tank and there was no me. You know what I mean? Like that's what it felt like at least. And so, yeah, I've had all kinds of transformative experience with acid mm-hmm. and uh, mushrooms too, but acid is one that really benefits from you having your home tank because you can't really land a fucking acid experience in a float center without doing, yeah. a, without doing an overnight float. <laughs> and not a lot of float centers offer the overnight float. Yeah. And even, the, even if they do, they're not open to some, you know, a lot of a, a stranger off the street tripping balls for sure and their float tank so that's the real uh, the maximum benefit i think of the home float tank it's it's for the serious psycho knot uh-huh i would totally agree totally agree yeah have you done an overnight with, with oh yeah with the psychedelic yeah well i haven't oh, done an overnight yet <laughs> a lot of times a lot of times people will come and they won't even tell me they're going to do that and they'll just stay i mean whatever happens in the room happens in the room but most of the time they will they'll be like oh yeah man because you know people know me now and it's cool but before i owned this place it wasn't this the, the, this vibe here because the, the previous owner was totally different obviously yeah um and the thing is if you don't know these things you shouldn't fuck with them you shouldn't hold space for people or try to hold space for people totally. or put yourself out there to invite these kind of energies into your life without understanding what they are capable of doing uh i specifically won't give acid to people i'll give mushrooms to people but i won't lead them they have to find acid on their own because I feel like if you're on the edge of something mental happening, it's just going to reveal it and crack you wide open and, and let it come out. So like if you're uh, predisposed to schizophrenia, I give you a little acid and that just says, Oh, well, I'm free now to be a schizo. I'm the one that caused that, you know, yeah. even though anything else could have caused it down the line, I'm the one actually that helped it come f- become, uh, you know, free and and uh apparent in this person's lives so mm-hmm. yeah I, I i like to just say hey whatever happens in behind the door that's on you i'm <laughs> i'm cool if you ruin the water you signed a waiver if you shit in the water if you uh, <laughs> if you spoil the water in any way where we can't restore it and we can't clean it then you're paying a thousand dollars and yeah. so there's such a high level of respect and i've never I, I, knock on wood i've never had any issues um 
And, and I've caught people coming in. I'm like, dude, I know you're on something. I go, I go, one guy, I go, I go edibles or mushrooms. And he goes, mushrooms. I go, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like we're at this unique point in humanity where we have access to these. It's a simple technology. It's, it's, it's Epsom salt water. And yeah. And, um, so what are some, yeah. take, what are some takeaways from six years of home floating? What are some, anything like tips for people? Um, anything you want to like, you know, like I said, any major takeaways from six years of floating home floating? Huh. Tough one. I mean, I would say if, if you love floating and are, are into it, it's a different game when it's easily accessible um, just on your own whim. Uh, to me, like, that's just the biggest, like, benefit. Um, I probably, you know, if I'm paying $40, $50 times, like, a thousand floats, um, I got my money's worth. Um, well, that was the thing I, I, I had, it. uh, we were talking about this one day and we had our prices, which are just let's say for the sake of an average $200 a month, it's unlimited floating here. And we have different packages, but let's just say between the two, it averages out to about 200. And so, you know, 12 times 200, 12, there's 2,400 bucks right there is you're the cheapest float tank and you can get started right there it's a year's worth of floating at my float center. Some places are more expensive. Now, if you're talking a commercial tank, we're talking five, 10, 15, you know, five used 10, 15 for the lower end. And we're talking right. 50 plus for the Joe Rogan style, uh, you know, float lab, build one in your, in your, in your house, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. it, it does uh, start to pay for itself. I think after uh, a year or two and depending on your, you know, uh, amount of use, but, I would imagine you'd be using it a lot because you're going to be have to, you're going to have to maintain it almost every day. Yeah. I mean, I, lately I average like five floats a week, but I think if over the five years, I probably average like three, three and a half floats uh, a week is my pace. Um, yeah. And I, I freaking love it. I feel like I have like a world-class morning routine um, sometimes I'll hop in my infrared sauna, uh, have like a little personal one. Um, how hot does that get up to you? Which one? The infrared sauna? Yeah. A one, one forty, something like that. That's not I, bad. How, how long do you sit in there for? Uh, like a half, a good half hour sweat. That's good. Nice. You got a nice setup. Then so you got infrared sauna and a, a Zen tank, a Zen tent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and let me see. I want to say this too. I kind of wish um, I was part of some kind of long-term study. I'm just kind of curious, like, because I do feel a lot of changes in my nervous system. And, um, you know, I, I used to suffer with a lot of anxiety um, growing up and pre-float. And I think the memory that stood out after my first float on my birthday, um, I had plans to go downtown to a club with my friend because um, at the time we would like to go dancing. And I remember just enjoying kicking back on that water for the first time. And I was like, yes, this is exactly how I was daydreaming it was going to be, but even cooler. Um, and yeah, just that first float in my own garage. Um, I'll never forget it. 
um, yeah, my, <laughs> all my chakras were, were lit. Um, I was just so stoked. I'm like, this is awesome. It's like I have my own little cosmic hammock on the dark side of the moon, just my own little space, like little portal. Um, yeah. And you really do. Just, you really do have your own little portal there. <laughs> it's awesome. And I, it's a finished story. I remember going to the club and I remember, um, you know, I'm, through floating and psychedelics, like I, I just lost my urge to drink alcohol. But I remember that night I didn't need anything. And I, the, the spaciousness that I felt, I was like just in the middle of the crowd. Um, I felt like I was like two feet taller than everyone. And like, I just felt so clear and I didn't feel anxiety. And I felt like on top, the top of the world, um, even in the chaotic environment, I could just feel the spaciousness in my being. Um, and at the same time, too, around that time, I was um, deepening my spiritual work with following certain spiritual teachers um, and practicing, like, oh, what is this non-dual awareness? Um, so I was, at the same time of getting my float tank, I was getting deeper into certain uh, awareness practices. So do you think, um, you think the float tank... You, so you were getting into the Advaita Vedanta stuff. Yeah. Um, right as you were getting into floating or right, like, you know what I mean? Which or one kind of came, which one kind of came first? They came together like 2014. I saw a video on YouTube by Bentinho Massaro. Um, and I don't know if, are you familiar with Matt Kahn? He's a oh yeah. That's the, another, you know, I tell people this, which is at the, at the long journey of all these things psychedelics acid in particular floating and reading all these books and stuff and trying all these spiritual practices and trying to clear my mind and understand the nature of reality well i came all the way to the bottom of the understanding which was it was about self-love or lack thereof <laughs> yeah and it was a very disappointing realization because i was looking <laughs> for something much more grander than that and along with uh that realization i also ran into matt Kahn and a lot of his work and so that helped me um, kind of make sense of the realization, which was, what do I do? Okay, how do you, what do you, what do you gain self-love than if you don't have it? And so that's, mm. that, that's where I learned a lot of that and those practices, which was, mm. yeah, Matt, I, I, I found Bentinho. So we share that in common. We've talked about yeah. that before, but I yeah. found him through, I was having also my, I guess, awakening and getting into the non-duality stuff and, the, I was actually doing a deep dive on the Tao Te Ching at the time, hmm. and I came across his video where he was he was just starting out uh, maybe a year or two, but when we were getting into his stuff, and uh, I mean, if you're on the same timeline I am, yeah. I don't know. Are you talking about 2014? I mean, maybe even sooner. Yeah, I mean, probably around that time actually. Yeah. But that's when I found his stuff, and he was just getting into it himself. He was just starting out, but he's had quite yeah. a journey that I followed along. I was, I was at a point one time with his stuff where, um, you know, I had this whole thing about people get upset. You talk about gurus, but they're like, you know, the, the plants are the guru, you know, and the mushroom is the guru and, and trust the, trust yourself. Don't, don't listen to other people and don't, don't pay for spiritual teachings. You can learn for free, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But I do think there are things to learn from spiritual teachers. And I, I learned a lot I, and I still learn from Bentinho, but, I had a, a kind of a falling out with his practices at one point 
when they had that hit piece, these SJWs, this one particular SJW infiltrated his camp. And yeah, I, I remember that. I remember you uh, DMing I, me uh, my opinion about it all. Uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a falling <laughs> out. But then I'm like, I didn't, I didn't really bash him, but I kind of like was like throwing some shade. But then one night it was like on MDMA. And it's funny, mm -hmm. I keep bringing up MDMA tonight, but I was uh, on MDMA and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to message this guy and be like, you know, well, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I understand now what God is in a way that only going through this guru, non-guru uh, thing over the past few weeks where I've come to come understand. And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, he's like, dude, he's like, we well, he didn't say dude, but he's like, hey, I don't ever look through my DMs because when you send somebody a DM that you're not friends with, it goes to like the little, like they can't see it at first. Yeah. He's like, I never checked that. He's like, but I've just felt like I needed to check that. And he's like, I saw mm -hmm. your message and he's like, much love. I appreciate the the kind words and blah 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 but i'm like damn the mdma was really hitting that night so much that he could feel it in the dms <laughs> that was cool that Wait, you know, did you have a, a, a an exchange on messenger beforehand no that was the first time uh-huh but you just wanted to kind of yeah. just say i apologize well yeah, yeah for... because I, I had been supporting his work and i kind of reposted some of his stuff but then all that stuff came out and then a lot of people were like like i had messaged you but a lot of people were messaging me because i had kind of prop the guy up and he was like because a lot of at the time i had a ton i still do have a ton of leftist friends and they, they a lot of them mean really well they have a, they're well-intended people but they get caught up with sometimes the wrong ideas and and sometimes these sjw things are it's the wrong intention and there, there was an intention with this woman was really wrong but i got caught up in that whole hype with, with what happened with him and uh you know, and so I didn't cast him away, but I didn't also, def I felt bad that I didn't defend him ultimately is what I think I apologize for that. I didn't defend him knowing that, you know, he wasn't those things in the article and I didn't, he didn't, I didn't know him at all, but I think I had more followers than he did at the time. And we, we you know, it's a, it's a small community of spiritual people yeah. and, uh, and, and, and you, and I had other people that followed me that I thought were cool that followed him as well. So I'm like, you know, it's not just me. Like this guy, mm. there is some truth to his teachings. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's based on the law of one. I was, just... I was just about to say that. I'm like, if you know the law of one, then you just, that's his teachings basically. But um, yeah. with his own spin on it, ultimately, I think he is a realized person. Uh, do you still follow him deeply? Uh, yeah, not super deep. I mean, if I could afford some of his uh, more high end, I'm but, curious to see what that's about. But yeah. his latest stuff of his podcast with, his two other uh, co-hosts, um, he's done a good job really uh, distilling his message in like eight different uh, YouTube podcasts. Yeah, if you, if you, I'll, I'll have to listen to him. I've been meaning to, I just like him. There's a million things to listen to. Yeah, that's true, especially in these times. <laughs> that's the thing. I've got, I listen to my own podcast sometimes three or four times. That's how sh the good the shit is. I'm like, damn, I'm like, this shit is actually pretty good. But um, yeah. well, cool. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So we talked about Bentinio. And uh, yeah, that's a, I, I, I love the guy. I think he's great. And, uh, but I can't, I can't afford the retreats either. No, yeah. the law of attraction hasn't worked enough to get me there, but uh, I mean, I don't think it's a teacher I need ultimately though. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> not to, not to say, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm like the super spiritually advanced person cause I'm not, but there's certain things that it's like, that's not your guru. That's not your teacher. And there's other things in life that can teach you better than that specific person. And you got what you needed and maybe it's time to move on. Yeah. 
you yeah, know definitely but i'm gonna definitely check out his podcast because i do i lo- love love hearing the guy talk and what i like about him so much is he triggers other people it's like you know oh, what? Yeah. I'm, it's like i'm gonna smoke weed because and, and and not give a fuck about it and say the f word and, uh, and he's post smoking me. cigars that's what i mean podcast. though because he's the one he's one of those people that inspired me that it was like realized i'm like you know what god can do what he wants yeah. God can do whatever they want because they are realized and okay they can smoke a cigar they can have two girlfriends they can uh you know hang off the side of cliffs like that's the kind of stuff he was doing he was like triggering the fuck out of people i'm like mm-hmm. i get it now i'm like you know what i can smoke weed and still be divine I, I i'm part of god whether i like it or not that's part of enlightenment it's just you all you are enlightened and just recognize it and just let it just be it just exist don't put so much mind behind it and just let it happen and that's what it is. It's smoke the cigar. You're still enlightened. Smoke the weed. Have have uh, have the two girlfriends and 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 have an SJW that uh, totally tries to expose you. You're still enlightened. It doesn't change anything, you know. And people might perceive it one way, but that's their own problem. That's right. So, how's the photography going, or or, or videography? What do you do more of? Um, I'm a hybrid, like so. Let's, how do I say it? The past couple of years, um, I've been a freelance videographer, photographer for, um, there, in Sandy, Southern California, there's a, there's a big quote unquote conscious community um, of people. And a lot of people are in the entrepreneurship and coaching and influencing and, and all that good stuff. Um, so I've been, I had the honor of shooting for um, a lot of high level people. Some of them are or book authors and my favorite is going on retreats and just filming like the stuff that they do there their transformative work or um do, do you trade photography for like just being there or do you are you part of the team or? yeah um i got to sail uh like seven different greek islands in 2018 um and sailing yachts um it was like this are you familiar with a fest it's or um not really well, okay um but basically through my network um someone was trying to launch a a brand of sailing festival with like yoga and um all this cool stuff and i got to go to greece for like 10 days and sail islands and fly my drone and um just be around like high vibrational like kind of burning man ish people <laughs> right right I, I, i've um, seen i've seen the stuff you do before yeah and uh you know it was kind of like a testament to um like all the floating and manifestation work and and raising my vibration and, well that was the thing yeah you you're you're attracting your your vibe attracts your tribe or yeah you, you, you're improving that and it seemed like you're almost like a video uh, internet blogger there for a while, like a travel blogger. That's the word I'm looking for. Were you kind of like a travel blogger there for a while? You know, that was the main reason why I bought my cameras back in 2016. Um, and that's still a big part of like, you know, what inspires me. Um, I do feel like there's so much of the world I want to travel and see and experience. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember, uh, man, there was a, one point where I went to uh, shoot the Rise Float Conference in St. Louis. Oh, nice. It, it, was, it, was, it was a community more of, a, it was less industry, more community. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Oh, I've definitely heard of Rise. 
um, so that was awesome. And I flew there. I remember so you. You asked me about that a lot. Uh, yeah, I advise, uh, I advise you to go to the Denver one. So yeah, I've never been to any of the float things. Um, uh, uh, there's like a handful of people that love me in the float community, and there's like a bunch of people I think that don't like me at all because yeah, <laughs> I influence drugs stuff like that. Like, oh, you should do this part of with floating. But no, I mean. Uh, yeah, that's one of the main reasons I didn't go because I'm like, you know what, this costs money and I don't, I didn't own a float center at the time. So there was no real reason to go besides just, hey, let's, I don't know. I don't, it's never been an yeah. interest to me, but if you, did you get it paid for via your photography? Uh, just comped. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, basically. Um, and it, it was super cool. Um, I met some interesting people. I was, I guess I was kind of grandiosing like my opportunity to network with um i don't i've just felt like with my passion and with what i want to do with floating i kind of feel like that essence of it is part of a team so i was kind of hoping i would meet certain key people that would kick something off um so i kind of left the float conference a little like disappointed in that sense right <laughs> and finding that it was a lot of industry stuff so a lot of the times i was pretty like it didn't it wasn't relevant for me yeah uh, it's kind of bored with, well, that's what like, i mean you you gotta you gotta be uh, have a vested <laughs> interest in being there with like having a float yes. center or having a product to sell to people who own a float center yeah but i mean i i feel like anyone who has a deep passion for floating i feel like it's a unique realm so i feel like it's family i call it my float family anyone in the that's industry. what i like about floating man it's everybody <laughs> everybody can lay in the as long as they get in the tank they can yeah. be a part of the float family and those that can't get in the tank well i'm sorry but what can we do we got to get your crane or something but uh i mean having a zen tent it must be easy getting out of that thing or is it hard to get in and out of what do you mean it's not hard at all is it because it, I mean, well, the thing about some of these float tanks is they've got a two or three foot, uh, you know, you got to get over the, the wall of the tank. I mean, how high is the uh, tank off the ground? Uh, you, it's not high. Uh, maybe two feet. That's what I think. Maybe you have to step over. Yeah, it can't be too high. It's like a, it's like a tray, right? Basically. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Well, cool, man. Well, we we made it to uh, right at an hour. And uh, anything else you want to say? Because I'm about to wrap it on up. <laughs> man, it was fun. It went by quick. Um, I feel like there's still like tons. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> tons we can talk about. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. Is there anything else you want to say about home floating? Any advice? Any do's? Any don'ts? Any <clears throat> recommendations? Any tips? Any uh, lasting words, parting words here for the, the audience in terms of home floating? Um, shoot. Nothing's coming to mind um, in terms of what takeaways for home floating. Any tips uh, for somebody that's looking to start uh, and you know, go down that road of purchasing a tent? I know you just, when you went out, that was basically all they had as an option, right? Now there's mm -hmm. options, but... Is there anything that you wish you could, going back and looking at what you did, what would you do? Is there anything you'd do differently? Not at all. Um, I think there, there's maybe one competing model out now. Um, that's probably, like, I think, seven grand. I might take a look at it, but I feel like I made a great choice on it. Um, I guess, man, I will say the first time I did float outside of my float tent, 
um, was in a, like a float lab type downtown in San Diego. And I was a little nervous because like, um, but once I settled into that, uh, that float, I, I was like, oh my God, hell yeah. This, once I, you know, settled in, this feels exactly like I, I feel at home. Like, yeah. And to me, it's like, wow, okay. If you get it, dial it in right, you know, you could be anywhere in the world. You could be in the dark side of the moon or like, there's this unique feeling where at the end of my floats, um, I kind of play this game where I'm kind of dialing back into the matrix and I could <laughs> kind of pop out anywhere. <laughs> no, I, to I totally, I totally get that. And I think that's a feeling that sometimes only people that float as much as we do under can understand. Yeah. Because um, I do, I, I feel like sometimes I'm reappearing in a, slightly different a different timeline than the one i just appeared from and sometimes it's noticeable as soon as i get out i'll look at the phone and i'm like whoa like the news has changed or i look at the weather or something or something's just a little off but definitely i feel like you're going in and out and i and i feel like you have access to my world easier because you have a float tank in a weird way because you're on that same wavelength of people who are floating all the time and Epsom salt and the magnesium you're getting from the Epsom salt. And I bet you have really soft skin like me too, right? Yeah. That's another benefit. Uh, let's see. There's so many benefits <laughs> to floating. Um, and then, like I said, this, the psychedelics, that space to do that alone. So CJ, I really appreciate you taking a, some time tonight to talk to me. I've always wanted to pick your brain about that Zen tent and uh, especially, wow, you've had a prototype tent that's basically lasted the whole time, right? I mean, it's, it's basically yeah. the, the, the initial offering <laughs> of what they had there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I never had to drain the water or anything. I've been on a way for like a, on a cruise for like, I think up to t 10 days before and I came back and it wasn't too bad. I just had to skim it with the skimmer. Um, so nothing too crazy. Um, wow, you, you, you were gone. You left the thing running for 10 days and nothing was wrong with it? Yeah, it was totally wow. fine. That's a really um, good, that's a good uh, selling point there because I, I know they can be fickle sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are a couple of things I want, I guess I kind of was saving in my conversation to share closing. Oh, sure, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, see i think what i found um as an owner of, and someone who could float whenever is that you know i feel like a lot for the mainstream person getting into floating they're they're in their 3d matrix right and they go to float to um change their state it's kind of like the most natural uh psychedelic we have um right oh yeah and they go they go to take a break and from sense sensory um from the nervous system and change their state that way and relax their nervous system um and i guess you know some some people are wondering like how can i reach certain states uh in the float tank um or maybe like some advanced or like intermediate floaters, you know. Trying well, that's to get the thing. That. Have you gotten to that John Lilly space of Echo and you know the, you know he he was doing for hours on end. Where are you? Are you ever done it like that? Like eight, nine, ten hours? Uh, so uh, no, I, my longest was like five hours with a mushroom trip. Yeah, that's still impressive. Five hours is no joke. 
Yeah. Anything over two hours, I think, is impressive. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> but see, that's the thing about Lily, though. A lot of people don't understand about this with Lily and the experiences he had versus what you're going to get in a commercial center in an hour. And I always tell people, go, totally. with, not, go with 90 minutes because, you, especially the first time, you're going to get in there. The first 20 minutes is going to be getting used to the, the floating. What is this about? Trying to relax worried what's going on in the other room can they see me are there cameras all these things are happening so then you finally relax 20 30 minutes in and you get 20 30 minutes of just ah this is amazing and then the lights come on and the shit is over and it's like oh no i want to stay so 90 minutes you get into the zone and then you got about an hour of just like ah so uh yeah that's so the thing is lily was he's this guy was floating for hours on in all the time on substances not on substances whereas most people they think they're going to get that it's not going to happen because they're going in for an hour and they're just not they just literally don't have the time to get there i think like tim ferris says two hours a lot of people say two hours i've heard that before many times two hours is like the sweet zone uh, to get in, to get into more like altered states. Yeah, to get into that, yeah, to get into I the, would say so. to get because there's a space that you know and you felt before that you know that this is what floating's all about. There are different kinds of feelings in the float tank, but there's a certain space I call the golden bar zone, man, where I feel like a, a humming, shining bar of gold. It's almost oh, it's hard. and yeah, and I, preach. Yeah, I just got goosebumps right now. Yeah, so that's when I know, you know, that's that's the spot I'm looking for, and I try yeah. to maintain that spot through breathing once i get there and i think a big trick to getting to that space is actually like almost like a wim hof or a holotropic breathing uh technique where you really charge your body with that energy and then you kind of just like sit there for like 10 15 minutes and then maybe you cycle it again but uh that's usually my technique yeah um man you're opening up uh some flows here that are coming to me um i would say like my favorite floats are the inspired ones where uh, it's not so much like I'm doing, like just trying to, you know, quiet my mind and be in the non-dual state. Um, I feel like I, I shift, like, I like to be like super creative, inspired and, and um, like some kind of an active float. And then like I'll surf certain waves of that and then I'll take a break and, uh, rest my mind for like I don't know maybe a minute and practice like just being aware of thought like like being aware of who's aware um, right and then until and just let that naturally happen and understand that okay I know that I can probably only do this for like 20 seconds and I guess that's still pretty good <laughs> uh, but eventually um, I'm aware of a thought coming back in and it, it, there's just some kind of natural impulse that wants to think, you know, that wants to um, reflect on this reality. Um, so in a way, like, you know, part of me feels like, oh, like if I could, I love being in the, in Samadhi in that, that just really resonant state, like you call it the golden bar, where it's just like straight perfect, like everything feels, on, it's like, perfect yeah I, I don't want to leave like why can i just be in the i'm like is this five the 5d reality like i can just shift my my vibration and my consciousness into whatever um i want it's a, yeah it's hard to explain but I, it's like shimmering like your soul is shimmering 
and shining and it feels amazing and you want to hold it and once you find that space you really know yeah. what floating is about you're addicted and i got in that space my first time and i'm like i got out and i'm like give me the membership uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it i don't care what it takes i'm coming here tomorrow and i'm doing so this fuck, i'm doing this shit again you got it on the first time oh yeah i had a spectacular yeah. first time experience well the thing was though prior to the floating i was doing hypnosis videos and stuff on youtube and they were actually working i'm like holy shit like, this stuff is real like i yeah. cannot believe it i didn't i didn't know there was i didn't know what there was to reality before i started doing youtube uh hypnosis videos and stuff and like uh breathing and doing all these crazy things that i could do legally because i didn't have access to psychedelics at the time and i didn't float and so i was trying to get into meditation and, and go take this thing deeper and sure enough i found floating and then i found psychedelics and put them together and here we are so, uh, you know, it's been a powerful experience of self-exploration and uh, experimentation and, yeah, meeting interesting people like you along the way. And so, yeah, I just want to get into that golden bar, shining aura yeah. zone as much as possible and having a home float tank uh, for anybody that can't. And a lot of times it's not even about I, uh, the money. It's like they can't get to one. It's not close enough. There's nothing in my area, totally. you know. If you don't yeah. live in a metro area or, or, or a city, you're, you might be driving a half. I mean, I got people coming uh, every day. I got people sometimes coming an hour and a half, 45 wow. minutes. Oh, yeah. Dedication. And that's wow. the thing. That makes me appre I appreciate <laughs> Wow. Well, that's the thing, man. It's like as much as you think there's a ton of floaters in Florida, but there's still people that live like an hour, two hours away sometimes from, yeah. the, from the nearest one. And as much as we are in central Florida, there's parts of Florida that are just not we're, we're the closest one. And uh, it's a very unique position we're in here to service people like that. That are it is it is a dedication, and I got people that are monthly members that come two or three times a month from an hour and a half away. Uh, so it's a very special clientele we have here, and uh, I, uh, I I turn obviously don't try to sell people the uh, idea of floating at home because I want them to float at my place. But um, there are benefits to both. Yeah. It's so nice. I'll t I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot stand uh, that I get out of the float tank and I have to clean up after myself. I love, I used to love being able to go to the float center and be like, okay, I'm done. Here's the towel. I put my clothes on and I leave. Whereas I have to clean the tank every time now and I hate it. And I don't feel, I, I, you know, it's all that relaxing. I have to, I did now I have to lean over and bend over and clean this mess I just made up. And, <laughs> and so, you know I mean? That's one of the downsides. Yeah. For owning it and you know you have to clean it when you're done and that's annoying yeah but yeah. you don't you know if you don't make too much of a mess i don't yeah and i have just this fake grass thing that once it gets too much salt build up i'll just throw it away yeah now so do you, yeah. do you just get out and you put a towel and then walk back into your house yeah well it's the garage is outside so for a little bit i have to step out and the outside right. outside so it's not ideal and, you know, in terms of hosting people floating and psychedelic floats, it's not the, the ideal because it. So there's not a shower walk. in your garage. You have to walk. Yeah, yeah. ideally. Um, but man, I could go. <laughs> um, some I've a really, really inspiring set of uh, synchronicities has um, allowed me the opportunity <laughs> to start looking for property in one of the most sacred uh, lands and national parks, Joshua Tree. Wow. Um, and my highest excitement 
Um, I, I guess I don't want to say too much yet until things are solidified. Yeah, I'm the same I, way. I'm, don't 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 jinx. <laughs> I'm looking to. Uh, I've had this dream for years since I've had the float tank, uh, but it's looking like it's so close to reality now. But to create like a little float haven over there. Um, and I want to set up two or three, at least two or three float tanks. And my dream is to ha be able to host, uh, like have a huge network of coaches and healers and psycho, like it's, I want it to be a place for retreat, for to have retreats there, um, maybe six oh. to 10 people for now and expand later. Um, but I eventually want to have like float theme retreats. Um, and I have a vision of, you know, getting you to travel and fly over and, you know, just. Well, that'd be rad. We'll see. Yeah. Build we'll it see. and build it and they will come. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, build a dreams, my friend, but Hey, so have you looked into what kind of tank you want to put in there? Or are you just not, not even, yet? I might just yeah. do Zen, uh, the latest one because you know, I, well, here's the thing. I mean, I don't know. Me. I don't, well, the thing is this, so, I mean, if you get to a point where it starts to get commercial, those, they won't, a lot of these places, a lot of the states, a lot of the counties, they won't allow those kind of That's things. true, but my angle is doing it as a, like an Airbnb boutique gotcha. thing. So it's just a different, it's a different thing. And I don't think anyone has done that yet there. So that's what I'm excited to, to well, be good. first. Well, yeah, keep me posted. I will make sure you get lots of uh, attention that way. For sure. And um, I guess to close to circle it back to Matt Kahn and like maybe one of my simplest uh, practices, you could say, just energetically. Um, and lately too, like I've been kind of just inspired by the, there's a lot of mysterious principles of water. If you heard of like Emoto, Dr. Emoto. Oh yeah. Um, the emotions so there, and the words. Yeah. And um, so there's just a lot of prints, like esoteric properties of water. Um, you know, like it's kind of hippie, but um, I, I believe in it. Um, and a lot of my work lately has just been um, being more sensitive to my intuition and subtle energies, um, like floating with crystals and uh, tensor rings. Um, if people want to go Google that um, have been interesting. I feel like it's, it affecting me it has an effect when i use my crystals and tensor rings but that could be i can go into that more but um it, well yeah it, you mean it could be placebo it could be the real thing yeah um but what's a tensor ring they are um a lot of them are made out of copper uh, but they're cut to a specific like sacred length um, and it emanates uh, a frequency. Now, I, I do believe in the copper. I mean, I want to believe in crystals too, but I mean, I've never had an experience with a crystal personally, so I can't say from experience that crystals have these magical properties outside of their aesthetic appeal. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's not to say, I've, you know, obviously, just because I haven't been to Paris doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, well, how, how about, when you do psilocybin, like for me, when I, I was in Joshua Tree for my first time a few years ago, so I'm kind of late in the game of psychedelics. Um, but to me, like I, it was only a gram and a half dose, but I felt more of myself than I, and I already do that from the floating, but I just felt like even more of myself. And I felt more just like that seven year old, like, like time. Yeah, yeah. And with that, I'm like, I'm like super sensitive in my hands. And it's like, my friend was like eating an orange and like, I was like right next to her, like, 
like just met being and then I would start to feel like taste the actual like orange in my tongue and um, there's just a lot of fascinating things um, that I'm still exploring uh, in consciousness um, yeah I feel like part of you know when I'm uh, inviting people to like float retreats like my vision is like a, a complete um, just place to you know, unplug, not just for an hour or two at the, at the commercial float center, uh, but come to like a beautiful location like Joshua Tree in the desert and land for at least two to three days, um, you know, and really like, you know, turn off the computer, turn off the cell phone. And what's it like to just tune back into like your soul frequency? Yeah, well. Yeah, totally. You know, float tanks are wonderful for grounding too. That's the other thing. Post psychedelics, floating, yeah. good for grounding, and in any kind of grounding in general. It sounds like your application there is perfect for it because it's all about unwinding yeah. and lots of time to really take it to the level it should be taken to instead of rushing in and out of a float center. And uh-huh. like, imagine getting like a, a great massage, body work, uh, like acupuncture treatment. Um, you do some like then you have like a coach that helps you do like some shadow work or trauma healing um, I, I don't know what order to put it in yet um, and then maybe you go in for some red light therapy infrared cold plunge and then you top it off with the float um, you know and then well see if it was me if I was doing <laughs> it my way I would say yeah I'm a I'm a a, a bare mo- a bare bones minimalist kind of a person so you come here you're coming here for the the mushroom float tank or the acid float tank experience and we're going to work our way up to you know setting our intentions the day before maybe fasting uh, writing down some ideas and talking about what we want, want to want, what we want out of this experience and then the day of you know it's like going into the getting launched into space we're going to take the mushrooms we're going to let them start hitting we're going to have marijuana as an option if you want to take it to the next level and you're going to get in the tank and you're going to get in and out as you want and we're going to talk about it and we're going to just push it as far as we can and then uh we're going to get out and uh we're going to see how that went and then maybe if you're there another day you can integrate the into the tank another with another session Mm -hmm. uh, without mushrooms i think that's important too yeah Uh, definitely uh, I think you can get what you need out of it the first, in one quick go. But yeah, to have the luxury of three days, I've never been that, had that luxury, luxurious of an experience in my life where I've had that much time or money to devote towards self-care. But mm-hmm. that does sound amazing. Yeah, yeah. Especially for like successful entrepreneurs, you know, who are right. awa- they're awakening to something. If it's spiritually or like what's happening in the world, like, man, hopefully, you know, who knows what the future holds, but humanities there's gonna be a high demand for healing yeah (laughs) healing centers for sure that's why my goal has tried to been is try to be to take this to a point where it's accessible to the masses because i i don't i can't remember the exact quote but it really stuck with me one time it's like a product's not revolutionary unless it's accessible by all the people you know what i mean like so that's a, a very important driving point for me internally and i don't talk about it a lot but trying to get this to the point where it's affordable it's it, it, it i have a model that works where i can get donate to the community floats the people who need it and then people who can afford it there's membership packages that we, we have the right amount of tanks and times available where everybody gets what they need and so i'm still 
in the in the kitchen here, uh, almost two years now, boots on the ground, uh, trying to fix. I guess the first year, fix everything that was wrong with what we inherited, and now tweak and figure out what makes a place profitable, what gives the best experience, and and how to give this experience to the needy or to somebody who can't afford it, because yeah. that's the goal for me. Is it, it is revolutionary but it's only as revolutionary as as many people I can put in the hands of. And so that's the goal for me is to make something that is, because it, it, the, the problem is, is the upfront cost and the, and, and, the, and the space to host it. And then really, I've really learned boots on the ground, me living it, that it's the person running the show mm-hmm. here that is more important than anything else outside of the tanks being, you know, the salt and the heat, right? Because that's going to yeah. screw it up. You can't have the cold yeah. tank with the wrong buoyancy. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so that's my goal. And yeah, if we could, uh, I like your goal as well. Um, so let's continue to work towards bringing floating to the masses. Yeah, man. So I really appreciate you, man, the work you do. And yeah, you truly hold like a beautiful space. And I feel like that that's just naturally what I do too. When I host people floating here, I love seeing the look on their eyes and their, and their soul when they get out and they're just like, Oh my God. Um, you know, and I kind of feel like, you know, people who come to me when I don't really talk about floating much, floating much lately and I'm starting now and, you know, thanks for reaching out and kind of like nudging me. Well, yeah, no, um, I've been pushing, I've been pushing this for a, a while. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still a little bit of, ha, have this like part of me wants to, you know, shine as like a float influencer and get as many people, you know, to float as possible. And then there's another part of me that just wants to be an epic soul that doesn't have an online presence. But when you meet them in person, there's just something about them. Well, yeah, you, I mean, know? you know, you don't have to be the float guy, but it's nice <laughs> to talk to somebody that actually has done it really, just like me, has been uh, every day almost as for six yeah. years that's a long time five yeah. six years to be floating and so that's an experience i want to talk about and uh you know i could talk to somebody like lee perry that's done it their whole life also but that's a different that's a different kind of thing than somebody who's floating in their house in their garage that bought it that uh, from a kickstarter yeah. five years ago like that's that's its own cool story so thanks for taking the time to hopefully inspire somebody out there to take that next step buy what they need to go buy and uh, like you said, you did it with the, the Kickstarter one for six years and it survived and you've made it work in your garage and you've, you know, learned the ups and downs. So I'm, I know, like I said, you've brought some information tonight that people can hopefully be inspired to go and make that next step by the float tank or just go float. Please do it. Relax your mind, body and soul. Uh, anything else, my friend? Um, yeah, just a quick um, one of the the most powerful, simple lessons I learned with Matt Kahn um, in terms of like, I'm a very heart chakra guy, like heart space. Um, that's why. Um, and in terms of when I'm about to end my floats, like I try to end it on like a really high note, um, expressing tons of gratitude. I'd like to spend at least a few handful of minutes counting like, it sounds cliche, but really like counting your blessings. Like um, for me, it's like when I'm feeling in that pristine state, like emotionally, I'm just like, oh my God, I wish more people could feel this. I'm so privileged. I'm so freaking privileged. This is, <laughs> how did I get this lucky? 
Um, then I'll start thinking. Uh, and if there's something in my life that maybe I've been trying to forgive someone or just trying to get over something um, or even just reflecting it back into self-love, like um, just saying the words, I love you. Um, I learned that from Matt Kahn and doing it in a genuine way. And if you don't practice this practice, um, it could feel weird when you're lying on your back and you, I'll do it right now. You breathe. I love you. I love you. And, and doing it in a real genuine way, like either saying, I love you to someone you Well, it's funny you bring forgive. that up. Yeah, I tell uh -huh. people to, because I think it's actually, what, with the video I watched with him, he was like, uh -huh. do, it in, do it in front of a mirror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's even more powerful. Yeah, it's one thing to just lay there and say it. It's next level to like look in your own eyes and be like, I love you. I'm like, no, I don't. No, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's amazing that that practice, you, if you sit there and actually do it, you will start to cry. You will crack one way oh or the my other. God. Yes. You, you just have to literally, you just have to stick through the cringe of, uh, oh, I'm saying I love you to my self-hate. All my self-hate's wanting to just bubble over and stop this from continuing. But if you sit there and hold yourself down for, I don't know how long it's going to take an individual, but maybe five minutes of saying, I love yeah. you. Even yeah. if you don't mean it, even if you do not mean it, it works. I'm telling you. <sighs> I, I, I did not mean it. I was completely ungenuine. I said, fuck this. I don't care. I'm gonna, <laughs> but I'm going to try it anyway because this is what the acid has brought me to. The acid has brought oh. me to this bullshit of I have to say I love you in a mirror to take it to the next level of my enlightenment. Fuck that. No, I don't want to do it. But I said, fine, you know what? I'm going to do it. This is what the acid has told me to do. So I'm going to do it. And so, yeah, I did it. And I, I, I felt cringy at first. I felt dirty. Yeah. I felt like I hated myself. Like, no, 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 this is not true. But after a while... Uh, the, it, it just started to crack and the tears and the heart started to open up and you know it, you really should do the practice more I'm not saying you do I'm, I'm saying I should but mm. uh, because it does work and uh, that's how I know I need to do it too is because I don't want to do it you know I'm, I'm not running to that space of opening my heart and being loving to people I'm more of like hey let's uh, let's have fun in the space of awareness, but also fucking with people through division, which is kind of a cruel thing to do sometimes. But it's like, um, you're, you're almost, when you have a certain level of awareness and understanding of how things are playing out, you're almost sitting on infinity. You almost can do yeah. anything and it doesn't matter to you if you fuck with people or not, or if you smoke weed all day, or if, you're, <laughs> or, or if your life goes anywhere because it's like, okay, I'm gonna die and I'm gonna figure it out again and I'm gonna maybe move on in that next life or maybe I'm gonna get lucky and I'm just gonna leave in this life at some point. But at a certain point, there's nothing to do and nowhere to go. So it's like, oh, I, I, yeah. I, I'm glad you understand that feeling of like, Dude, I'm sitting on infinity here. I, 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 not that I, I understand any, anything because there's nothing to understand ultimately. I mean, yeah. so it's like, what can I do but uh, sit here and just kind of hopefully through my fucking with people and my joking with people and, and messing with them in their unconscious state that I help them awaken. And so in my fucking with people, I kind of find a way to justify it because I'm like, oh, I'm helping them awaken through this practical yeah. joke or me saying something that may hit them in the wrong way, but also may crack them. So it's like, you know, God, so basically, wants, basically God wants me to be, a, oh, go ahead. Your memes, but in real life, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> oh, I, oh no, no, definitely. Like I am definitely, uh, when people don't know me and I can't be that person, uh. yes. uh, but, uh, <laughs> but even then I, I'm like, I kind of like, I'm kind of like Larry David where Larry David is this person who he's a caricature of himself. So he is that person, but he's not that person. He's not that extreme, I bet, in real life, but he is 
a lot of those things ultimately. He's just a caricature of that. Yeah. And so I feel like when I'm out and about, especially if people don't know me and I can play the fool or I can do things like that, or it's really dependent on their level of unconsciousness. So if somebody's really asleep, you can really play with them. You can say all kinds of things. You can almost read their mind in a way, or you can kind of put something in your mind. Like here's a perfect example of what I'll do. I'll be having someone in front of me ready to book their next appointment. I will have the schedule in front of me. I'll be looking at a certain time and I'll say, I will send them the time mentally and I will let the go of the outcome. I don't care if they choose it or not. But a lot of times they'll say, oh, I'd like to come in at three o'clock. I'm like, oh, great. I was just thinking that myself. So, um, you know, a lot of these things, these little special skills come with awareness and gaining consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that your mirror is not as aware as you sometimes. And you can kind of play with that. And I guess that kind of only comes with being in that space of understanding where I'm coming from, which is it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't come from really like a hurtful place. But when you get there, you understand that, you know, certain people were fucking with you to wake you up and it was you know i'm glad they did so i'm gonna play i'm gonna play the dmt i'm gonna play the dmt gesture for people as long as i can (laughs) and that's kind of what i do with the memes and i also you know try to extend that to real life like i'll do that at the float center sometimes i will people will come in and i'll be wearing an outfit and they come out of the tank and i will completely change the outfit to fuck with them yeah. And, uh, you know, little, just little things like that. Or sometimes people won't even notice that I've done stuff like that. I'm like, wow, you're really asleep. <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, man, I gotta, I gotta wrap it up here. It's, Sounds uh, good, man. we hit an hour and a half, which is way more than I expected, <laughs> but I knew, I knew uh, we would. Once we I know. Can I, can I say one more thing? One more little thing. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I think for me, I probably spent over a thousand hours when you add it all up and, uh, it's not a, like a competition. I, no, no. I know people who who've done more, but especially if you do like awakening work, like pra- like spiritual practices, and you work on consciousness, and you start to lean towards uh, viewing life a certain way, like I really feel like when I'm in my zone in the float tank, that is more reality and truth than being in a f- this quote unquote not physical sensory. Uh, you know, because I'm just sensor, uh, a consciousness interpreting sensory information through my nervous system, right? Right. Um, but when I'm not, when I'm not that, and I'm just free floating awareness, like to me, that's more truth of of my. Tr- I feel somewhere there is more of my truth than being out of the float tank. Yeah, um, you, uh, being so in a sense, in a sense, being out of the float tank is kind of more psychedelic than the natural state of being in the float tank oh yeah no totally being in a state of oneness with the void and only existing as an infinite awareness is something that you can actually uh you don't have to spend 20 years in a cave you don't have it being grace of of god does help but you can go in the float center and if you put enough time into it maybe two or three floats maybe you get lucky on the first float with a 90 minute float but you can get into that space that a lot of people take almost a lifetime or lifetimes to Mm -hmm. reach and this is the grace of hearing our broadcast tonight, people out there. You too yeah. can experience samadhi. Uh, and you can find your do-it-yourself spiritual solutions to your life by sitting in that space of oneness and listening to the voice of God at, at a level that's unparalleled, uh, even with a psychedelic, mm. because the psychedelic, yeah. you even have the, you have the noise of your brain, whereas the float tank, the noise is decreased or non-existent. And then you hear the psychedelic or you know, your own intuition or God or however you want to contextualize that. But yeah, 
yeah. floating is, has been powerful. And I think it's helped me take my spiritual awakening to, from a uh, like next level, like quantum leap in terms of like awakening and understanding what was happening to me. And I think maybe struggling in a dark night of the soul longer if I didn't have the tank versus not. So I'm super thankful and I'm still here and I still want to preach the message of the float. So thank you. Amen. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, guys, gals, they, them, everybody in between. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you guys have a great night or day, whatever time you're listening to this uh, or in another dimension where time doesn't exist. Fifth on, if you're sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth octave people, thanks for listening as well on your other planes of existence you guys have a great night god bless yeah. all right my friend talk to you later have a great night thank you thank Until you next time. yes sir talk to you on instagram see you there all right so. yep bye bye